Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. Joined this afternoon by Ben Wolpe. Hello. Hey. I didn't contribute to the Anglican chorus. I'm sorry. I no, that's okay. dropped the ball. No, we're proud of our Anglicanism this week. We are. So uh, I, I, love the, I love these miracles. And, you know, I, you could almost see the congregation relaxing this weekend. It was, it was oh, good. This is, this is slightly more familiar and a bit easier on the ear than some of the more intense Bible studies we've done on themes like membership or, or kind of just real deep dives into books like James and First Thessalonians. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I liked how this is a continuation of the series we started when, yeah. when I first arrived here two years ago, actually. And I remember, you and I were just commenting earlier today, <laughs> I remember when I first arrived here, and I was like, we're doing a series on the miracles? Like, it just seems so Sunday school, like, and so, so basic. And, right. Uh, but I was just fascinated by, actually, how much the Lord surprised me in this series two years ago. Yeah. Uh, how much in-depth and like gospel proclamation and teaching was in these miracles that we talked about. And the, just that title of our series, Reveal, like mm. how much God reveals himself through these workings uh, and miracles and healings and all these things is really astounding. And I'm, I'm really grateful we're doing this again because there's so much to dive into in so many ways that God wants to reveal himself to us through these. There's, there's all this revelation of who he is and who mm-hmm. we are and what our problem is and what his solution is and, and, and how uh, th- that sort of restoration of people <coughs> here and now points, and points to and testifies to something even greater yet to come. So there's yep. all these layers of, yeah. of, kind of significance, I think, here. But also the, it just reveals the fact, too, that this is what Jesus came to do. Like, right. sometimes people talk about miracles as just making the way for the gospel. Yeah. Or like paving the way and saying, pay attention to this intellectual gospel proclamation now. Mm. But no, really, actually, Jesus came to heal, and he came to restore, and he came to uh, to bring the kingdom of God into this broken world. Right. And uh, so there's something really profound in looking into these and saying, this is what Jesus is here for, which culminates in the miracle of the cross and the resurrection, but it's all of the same mission that he's about. And then it gives us a chance as well, I think, to dive into some of the Old Testament background. Yeah. You know, to to do that that job of uh, (coughs) kind of looking at, at, you know, what our situation is like, what their situation was like, but also all the background to their situation and the context, which we can do a bit today with uh, a nice short passage. We're in Luke 5, and we're also going to pick up the story in Leviticus uh, 13 as well, I think. Uh, so, uh, I guess, why don't you read for us the Luke passage, and then I'll read for us the, um, the Leviticus one. Great. Uh, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Great. I've got my finger in both here. This is Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 12. And I think we're just doing through 14? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. While he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy, And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, 
but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Leviticus 13, beginning at verse 45, says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of the head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, uh, just looking at this Leviticus reading, there's, there's some context here. The, the, the law is prescribing what happens when, when a member of the community has this leprosy, it's a skin disease. Um, I understand that in modern medicine, leprosy is a specific skin disease. Uh, they call it Hansen's disease, but uh, it, in the context of the Bible, it would be all sorts of, of skin conditions. Yeah, I think they just had a broad generic term to kind of envelop any kind right. of skin lesions or disease that... But often contagious ones. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a cleanliness thing and a purity thing. Um, and as you would find with blood or you know, other, other kind of things like that, other discharges, there's, the person ends up being very much on the outside of the worshipping community. Yeah. In um, Leviticus, with this concern for what happens if this spreads through the camp, it says that uh, you know, the wearing of torn clothes is a very visual, visible mm-hmm. sign that you would immediately see. It's like a high-vis jacket or something. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I am an outcast. And, and the hair has to hang loose. And, uh, and, and cover his upper lip, which I'm guessing is a moustache. Yeah, a moustache without a or, beard? Or, or, like is it, or is it long hair down, that just hangs down unusually long? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, um, is it cover it with a moustache or cover it with like a, a cloth? Like, oh, oh, I don't know. That's interesting. What does uh, it say? Like it says, does he have to cover his face? It says, let the hair of his head hang loose, hair of his head, and he shall cover his upper oh, and Oh, yes, and he shall cover his upper lip. I'm sorry, you're right. So it's a veil of some kind. Yeah, it must be. Um, and then cry out, unclean, unclean. So just going everywhere. Visual cues and auditory cues. Right. Pronouncing that he is someone unclean that people should not touch. To like be warned, you know, look, yeah. get out, get away. Yep. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is <clears> unclean. <throat> he shall live alone. And I think that's horrible, isn't it? He shall live alone. Yep. Uh, later on, you ended up with these leper colonies, mm-hmm. outcasts together. But you're away. His dwelling, such an important word, shall be outside the camp. Yep. So a, a terrible... Yeah, so live alone outside of the camp, outside of the city, and uh, kind of isolated and abandoned by society. I, and I was really struck by just this middle phrase, like, when, after he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease... He is unclean. Mm. Like that's a sentence. That's an identity definition. Right. Like he is unclean, and it's not that he has an uncleanness. He is unclean. He is unclean. And to say that this disease defines you and uh, shapes everything about who you are, right, is is brutal. And, yeah. And and this is something that the law kind of prescribes in in terms of maintaining the cleanliness of the, the whole community of the people of God. And um, 
and prescribing this isolation yeah. and quarantine, basically, which we're all used to now. <laughs> but, uh, but Jesus comes against this, and, and, and Jesus says, this is not how it should be, and yes. restores him. Um, yeah, so the restoration is, and this is, this is you know, where we're going with this, the restoration is more than, oh, good, my physical ailment is fixed. Yes. Far more than that. There's a restoration to community. There's also mm -hmm. a restoration to worship life. There's a restoration to holiness. Yep. So it's, it's multifaceted. And I like that, uh, yeah, turning to Luke 5. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a couple things that, given that context we just read in Leviticus, that this guy is not doing things right. Yeah. Like he's not going by the book. He's, Jesus is in the city, and he comes to Jesus in the city. He's supposed to be dwelling outside the camp. Yeah. And like, so already that's a check mark against him. He's not pronouncing <laughs> himself unclean. Uh, so that's, that's check number two. And, um, you know, I don't know what he's wearing, uh, but he's clearly full of leprosy, it says. And so he's, mm. you know, we kind of maybe think about Jesus as saying, if you, if you do these things, then you come to me, then I will, yeah. I will heal you. But this man is breaking all the rules. He's breaking the conventions. Right. He's uh, rebelling against God's word in some ways, and Jesus, in his mercy, heals him. Yeah. Which is a, which is a beautiful, um, beautiful sign of mercy, I think. It is beautiful. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. I'll have to read more into that to see whether that, that's just a normal phrase or if that's... Full of leprosy. Yeah, or yeah. if it indicates perhaps really leprous you know? yeah yeah it's interesting to say oh, i'm full of a cold you know <laughs> what do we mean uh, i have a heavy cold anyway I, we'll have to read into that uh when he saw jesus he fell on his face so did he come looking for jesus is that is that what you're thinking he wasn't just knocking around in the city yeah, but he actually know. specifically broke the rule out of desperation maybe maybe it doesn't really say he begged him lord if you will you can make me clean, which is amazing. Because mm -hmm. one, Jesus you know, might not want to do it, and two, he, he, can, he can bring cleanness out of, out of uncleanness. That's pretty, yeah. pretty special. It's, it's a remarkable act of faith and boldness. Mm. Because, A, you have the faith that, he has the faith that's saying Jesus is the one who can make him clean. Mm. And then coming up to him and saying, if you will this, if, if this is your wish and your desire, right. you can make me clean. So what's it going to be, basically? Yeah. Like putting it right to him, this, this teacher, this healer, kind of going up to him and with a great amount of presumption and gusto of, of saying, what's it going to be? You can do this, and I'm putting myself before you. Right, so he's broken the rules, and now he's vulnerable, and he's, but he's, he's got some, his desperation has led him to observe some theological truths, Right. Yeah. I mean, it's his desperation that leads him to do this. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I mean, there's no exclamation mark in my translation, but it feels like there should be several. <laughs> like, ah, you're what? not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, does Jesus not know the rules? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I think that the kind of uh, transmission of, of leprosy, mm -hmm. when, you know, you weren't supposed to touch a person because it was contagious. Yeah. And so if you touched a person with leprosy, that uncleanness would get 
transferred to you, and yeah, you would if be. Even you didn't get the disease. You'd even if you get the disease, you'd be ceremonially unclean. Yeah. You'd be excluded from temple worship and the community. And but Jesus touches him, which mm. is a big no-no, because he should have right. been then made unclean. So there's this reveal yeah. of this God who approaches our uncleanness physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an incarnation. Yeah, and and he he reverses the natural order of things because like, like he's supposed fish. to be exactly he's supposed to be unclean now, but he's the one who actually makes clean because he is cleanness itself. Uh, he mm. cannot be made unclean. He's a creator. He's a redeemer. He's God. He, he yeah, can't, he can't be defiled. Yeah. So his 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 holiness enables him to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And this is I will. So that's the, answer, that's the answer to the first question, will you? And then be clean. There's the, the command. So he commands him to be clean. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's um, an imperative, right? Be clean. Yep. Just go and be clean. <clears throat> Immediately, the leprosy left him. So, you know, in the, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing this a lot, but in the chosen, the <laughs> chosen <laughs> translation of the Bible, um, in the TV show, The Chosen, which I highly commend, uh, the, he does this miracle, uh, or one like it. And with a bit of camera work, you actually see the, uh, the, the skin sores disappearing and healing oh, yeah. from his arms and his face. It's fascinating uh, how they did it. But that, that sort of sense of, of just watching maybe over 30 seconds, this, this condition simply disappear. Mm. Yeah, and he... <clears throat> the fact that Jesus' word is authoritative over this disease. Kind of like, I just reminded that um, his word is authoritative over the wind and the waves of the mm. sea when he says, be still. And now he just says the one word, be clean. And his word has authority to change reality and, mm-hmm. and to, to bring into existence what he desires and what his will is. So he speaks it and it happens. It's, you know, and that's, that reveals just the character and the power of the Lord from the beginning because he spoke at the beginning, let there be light, and there was light. What he speaks comes into reality. And his word bears an authority that my word doesn't, your word doesn't, uh, but he has power in his words. And he speaks that over us to be clean. I, um, I just have in my notes from the you know, sermon series planning that we were doing to look up Numbers uh, 5. It, it, I just must have put that there. Numbers 5? Yeah, in, in a period of should time. I, should I flip there? Well, you can do. Numbers 5, 3, 4. Um, so this is, more, this is more stuff to do with leprosy, but it's a bit more, a bit more kind of detail to the picture. Numbers 5, verse 3 says, You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp that they may not defile their camp in the midst of which I dwell. And I think that's really helpful because the dwelling Mm. word, the tabernacle word, and I think we heard that earlier, is kind of a thread through all of this. Jesus comes to make his dwelling amongst man. So he is the presence of God. He is the temple. He is the holy of holies in the presence of God. The dwelling place. What's the beef here? Well, you can't have this leprous person in and around the uh, the presence of God mm-hmm. in in the tent, the tabernacle, in the ark, or in the temple, in any of those kind of Old Testament scenarios, you can't just have these these unclean people. 
near the holiness of God because what's going to happen? Um, I guess they're going to. It's probably the, for their safety. They're going to die. Yeah. It's not for God's safety. Yeah, he doesn't right? need it. So it's inappropriate for this person to be near the dwelling of God, and dangerous for the person to be near the dwelling of God. Yeah, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they can't come near, and here's Jesus. He is the actual dwelling with man. He's the presence of God fully. And so this, this, this leprous man, jumping back to Luke, he hasn't just gone into a public place, which is wrong. He's, he's gone into the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I don't know that anyone there is, is getting that picture yet. We are. But, he, but he's, he's basically gone into the innermost part of the, of the temple where... Uh, you know, even the high priest might die. Yeah. Yeah, and Jesus, the incarnation, makes the holy presence of God accessible to us. Oh, that's important, yeah. Because this guy's face is not melting off. Mm-hmm. At least not from the <laughs> encounter with the Lord. <laughs> the opposite. But uh, <laughs> his face is melting off because of <laughs> this the disease. It's the opposite. <laughs> but now Jesus is restoring his face and restoring his whole body. Uh, yeah. Well, that's exa- yes, exactly right, because then he says, you know, don't tell anybody, uh, maybe we'll have time to talk about the messianic secret sometime, it'll be fun. Um, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. So, you know, Moses writing the first books of the Bible, I think they're using that to describe Levitical and, and um, you know, Numbers rules about yeah. leprosy. Yep. So Same. go and do the right thing. <clears throat> do the right thing and be restored to the community of God. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that Jesus, while subverting so much of the cleanliness code mm. of the Old Testament, is, is still upholding the structures of, yeah. uh, of the law and saying, do what Moses commanded you to and do it the right way in order to be restored. But the, but the, <laughs> but the, the priests, at least for the most part, are are quite hard in their hearts against this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They're not actually pleased. Yeah. Um, so the Messianic secret, verse 14, um, and he charged him not uh, to tell no one. And then we see that quite a lot, don't we? Yeah. You know, we often see with these things, Jesus does a reveal, and then he says to the person who's had the reveal, keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they just go and blab. Yep. Um, now, why, why do that? Because that's unusual. If you have this miracle which reveals all these things, why then couple it with a sort of injunction to be discreet? Yeah. It's a bit strange. And you, you use the term messianic secret, which is kind of a scholarly term to say this is you know, what Jesus does when he, yeah. when he says this. Uh, theologians will talk about the messianic secret to say Jesus doesn't want people to blab about what he's done and who mm-hmm. he is. And I think the best explanation I've heard for this action is just that it wasn't his time yet to be enthroned as king. And he wasn't there to be a celebrity Mm -hmm. or this uh, to take over uh, ruling by force or or by popular demand. But he came to die on the cross. And uh, it doesn't make any sense unless you have the context of the cross. Mm. And like the purpose of which Jesus was here, right? Um, so rather than 
sort of rushing to a very, very early conflict and, and then being incapable of, of really kind of laying the groundwork and the discipleship work that he was doing. And yeah. um, he says, look, let's, let's not kind of push the cross until the time is right. Yep. Yeah, so he knows this is going to re result in a showdown. And I think probably he also knows uh, what happens with verse 15, which is, you know, so Jesus says, okay, meet clean, now go and keep it quiet. And then in verse 15, it says, uh, even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered. So, it, I mean, the secret doesn't stay secret no. long, does it? No, it doesn't. So this is a really simple reveal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think some of them are. You've got this whole... Old Testament. I'm not going to do the crescendo, by the way, so you better come up with something. But <laughs> you've got this whole Old Testament body of rules that deals for the health and safety of the people with you know, problems like this, but for the health and safety of the uh, person suffering also, keeps them away from, from the Holy of Holies and from yeah. the people also. Yeah. And probably very little hope of restoration for this person. Mm -hmm. Restoration of his health, we think about it, you know, what's his employment like? Well, there isn't one. You know, what are his family prospects? None. What are his worship prospects? None. You know, there's nothing, is there? Yeah. There's no fellowship. There's no family. There's no provision. There's nothing. It's really just living off scraps and shame as an outcast and yep. alone. And probably also coupled with a sense that God, God's done with him. Yeah, probably. Or something. Yeah. You'd have to uh, question it, right? I mean, if you're suffering with anything, just like <clears throat> we do, you've got to question, why is this happening to me? Yep. And I, and I think for a lot of people who get in that position of hopelessness mm -hmm. and, or just feeling outcast or, or no hope, uh, it can be like, why is God doing this to me is a natural question. Yeah. But I think at the heart of this story, it is the will of God with that question. Oh, yeah. Lord, if you will. Right. Like, if this is your desire, if this is your heart, uh, if this is what you wish, um, you can do this. Yeah. And, and he puts that question to Jesus, and Jesus says, I will. This is my will. This is my desire to heal mm. and to restore. And, and I think that's something really important for us to keep in mind, that when we are feeling hopeless, that is not the will of God for us. Yeah. It is not the will of Jesus for us to feel alone or isolated or outcast and, and without any prospects of hope, but he desires to bring us healing, he desires to restore us, he desires to touch us who should be untouchable and to bring us to holiness, to bring us to salvation. Um, yeah, and that's not something we deserve uh, and that's something we can earn, uh, but it's, it's his will for us. There you go. Is that satisfactory? I knew. <laughs> I knew there'd be one. <laughs> All around the world, uh, churches are laboring without a Wolpian crescendo. How do they do it? But the listener is blessed. Thanks, Ben. I'm glad you could be with us. And, uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, we love you, and we'll see you all very soon. God bless. Bye.